We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Yay! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com.
Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for our free entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Sunday basketball box scores. And for, we're talking about fantasy impact here, and we're going to break down the top five rookie rankings so far this season. Don't forget to check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at thefantasyhoopsinsider.com. Benny, welcome to another week of Fantasy NBA. Yep, and this is pretty much our focus now. The regular season for the NFL is all done, so all my attention is switching to basketball at this point, and uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, you know, give you guys some good stuff now. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to uh, dive right into it uh, for uh, the Sunday slate, which I believe had just 10 teams in action, five games, but some interesting stuff happened. So we'll cover all that with the latest news and box scores. But before we do that, just got to let you know that the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So you can download, rate, review us, and please go ahead and don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, Benny, um, before we dive into the latest box scores, we're just going to cover some some late-breaking information over the last day or two. Um, let's let's look here. Uh, the biggest piece of news is uh, Jarrett Jack. This came late in the game. It uh, looks like he is going to be out for the season here. Uh, sad situation overall, but it's going to make Shane Larkin a relevant fantasy commodity um, right now, your thoughts on Shane Larkin as a um, ad? Is this a, a ship all your fab situation here with Shane Larkin, uh, likely being the the point guard and, um, starter for the Brooklyn Nets the rest of the way, or how are you approaching this situation here? Yeah, I mean, all right, the opportunity is there, so that's definitely a plus. I think he is going to see the minutes, and I think he'll give you something, but. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that I'm looking at to go just because he's starting now doesn't mean he's going to go 20 and 10. You know, he may do it every once in a while in a great matchup, but I think he's still going to have a lot of games where you're not really thrilled with the production. So do I think he's somebody that deserves to be on a roster? Yeah, I mean, he's going to get the minutes. Am I going to go and waste my entire fab budget on him? No, not at all. I mean, he's still a guy that I want to get somewhat on the cheap. I mean... You know, I don't see like what do you? I mean, what do you project him as the rest of the way? If he's the starting point guard the rest of the way, I mean, maybe thirteen points a game and seven assists, maybe. Maybe. Like, I yeah. mean, I don't. Yeah, and that's a maybe. Like, I'm not even saying that's a lock. You know, that's a a maybe. And there's no guarantee that they're not going to make a move to bring in somebody, or you know, they might even have somebody in the D league that they control or something that they might want to bring up and give it. I mean, I don't see Shane Larkin as a stud starting point guard in this league. So I still think there are 20, 25 other options that you should be going at. So to me, he's not someone I'm going to spend a ton of my fab on. Now, if you're in like a deeper 12 or 14 player league, I think the uptick that he's going to see in minutes is going to be enough to justify making sure he's rostered. But I mean, in a 10 team league, I don't even know if I'm going to run out there and get him if I already like the guards that I have. Yeah, so yeah, he's going to be definitely a back end uh, starting point guard, but it is valuable there as well. So let's say if you had a hundred dollar budget, how much are you willing to spend to add Shane Larkin to your roster? Eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'd probably spend. I, I'm good with fifteen to twenty, <coughs> especially because you know just you know you don't come up with guards who who pop up with starting positions here. You know, just uh, you know randomly over the over the waiver wire. Just to, for reference here, I'm in a league where we have continuous waivers. And uh, we have start with $500 budgets, and somebody shipped 
over half their fab budget overall, which was 255, which outbid me, had me covered at 242. So, and I did not uh, venture to spend. I, I, I ventured to spend about half my budget to see if I could uh, recoup him, and I did not. So, put me into a little bit of a spot. But even if I went all in, I wouldn't have got him. So, I've been fairly yeah. aggressive with some other guys. I got sort of lucky picking up Ish Smith. So, not terrible for me. But you know, to- now see, like Ish, I would play half my budget for. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was coming back to Philly, I felt like. He's a guy that, I mean, I don't know. I, I actually like Ish and think that he can play. I like his game more than I like Shane Larkins. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like to me, Larkins one of those guys that people get really excited about right now. But at some point later on in the year, he's going to be back to playing 18 to 20 minutes a game. And you're going to wind up dropping him for somebody else. So for me, that's not a guy that I could spend 20, 40, 50% of my fab budget on. Like, to me, he's somebody that if I can add him, I'll take him if I can get him on the cheap, but if I got to pay up for him, I don't think that he's got that kind of upside. All right, fair enough. Um, I, I, I'm gonna be a little bit more aggressive than him, but I, you know, the, the other question that you have is though, you know, if if it's not Larkin, who is it going to be? You know what I mean? It's a pretty thin situation overall. They probably have to make mm-hmm. sort of a roster move somewhere else. It's not yeah. like a terrible. Which, which is what I think is going to happen. I don't think they're because basically, I think Larkin is the only one who can even play point guard on this roster anymore. I mean, do they still have Markel Brown? Maybe. I mean, I don't even know who Larkin's backup would be at this point. So to me, they're definitely going to make a move or do something. Like I almost feel like they kind of have to. They're in that that kind of a position. Yeah, Donald Sloan is actually behind him, and actually he's a, little, okay. a guy who's got some a little bit of talent. And Marco Brown is mm-hmm. you know listed on the roster, but they tr- sort of treating him more of, uh, as a two guard, which I believe he is. So um, you know Donald Sloan for you deep leaguers out there. You know if you're worried about Shane Larkin holding on to the job, you think he's more suited for. Um, you know, a backup role. Sloan has filled in when they went had to go three deep uh, for the Orlando Magic back in the day last season, and did mm-hmm. do a decent job uh, holding down the role. So somebody, something else to keep in mind here. All right, now, he was he was the same Sloan that was on Indiana like two yes. years ago too, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's all right. You know, he's not he's not great, but I like I said, he's another viable option. So I'm you know I, I'm thinking that they're they're going to do something. I don't think Larkin's going to be a 35 minute a game you know top 15 point guard anytime soon. All right, fair enough. Uh, according to TSN, Demar Carroll admitted he's still playing a little timid as a result of his injury issues. He's coming off a knee contusion and plantar fasciitis, which kept him out for multiple weeks uh, there as well. So it looks like somebody who's you just you know, if you're in weekly or season long or you know thinking about having a DFS option, you just sort of have to fade him altogether right now. Um, Byron Scott ripped into Julius Randle's defense, according to Mark Ma- Medina on Twitter, or Medina on Twitter. Um, did two points, 12 rebounds, and two turnovers on 0-4 shooting in just 16 minutes of action. Larry Nance Jr. has just clearly outplayed him um, at, at this point, and he came up with a bigger double-double. So uh, that's going to be a situation to uh, monitor there for you, Julius Randle's owners. If you're not invested in uh, Larry Nance Jr., you probably need to start getting invested in him right now because looks like this guy, um, you know, Lance Jr. played 32 minutes, and, and they won uh, handily. So it looks like he won't be coming out of any st- starting line, lineup anytime soon. Uh, having said that, there could be some buy-low opportunity on Julius Randle if Byron Scott wakes up. Um, because there's just no way that he isn't a better overall, overall power forward over, uh, option over Larry Nets Jr., in my mind. Would you agree with that statement? I don't know if Byron Scott has been told to tank this season or not, because mm-hmm. I feel like all the stuff he does and all the stuff he says, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I don't see it the same way he sees it. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to say Julius Randle is a great defensive player, but you don't play, you don't take a Julius Randle with a top three overall pick mm-hmm. and 
you know, a Larry Nance Jr. who you got, I don't know, the end of the first round, beginning of the second round or something like that, mm. and give them the same minutes. Like, if I'm running that organization, there's one of those guys that I definitely want to develop and another guy who I'm considering as a piece coming off the bench in the future. Yeah. If Randall is not hurt, which it doesn't look like he is because he's producing when he's out on the floor, I want Randall to be playing 30 to 35 minutes and then Nance to pick up the pieces of whatever's left over. There is no way I want these two guys splitting time. Yeah, so, I, I definitely agree with that there as well. So I think it's mismanaged, but you know we, we can't expect the Lakers to do, to do things that make sense at this point. So yeah. um, there, there you have that. Um, Mike Conley is questionable for Monday with a back injury, according to Rob Fisher on Twitter. So you have that uh, going on. Uh, according to Josh Robbins on Twitter, the Magic won't hold a shoot-around on Monday. I mean, their potential lineup changes won't be announced until closer to tip-off, but they are looking to mix things into the lineup. Uh, Aaron Gordon is a viable candidate to get into uh, the back into the lineup, what we've been, like we've been calling for all season long. Uh, Victor Oladipo may be taking over at point guard for uh, an ineffective and p- potentially injured uh, Alfred Payton, who's battling ankle injuries. So there's a couple of you know um, situations where people have um, sort of forgot about Aaron Gordon, or you know maybe you know buy a little opportunity for Victor Oladipo, but he's not a point guard. Uh, either way, though, you do want him to get 30-plus minutes. If he gets onto the floor, he can be a ball dominator and somebody who's effective. So, mm-hmm. so something else uh, that you, we can definitely keep an eye on here. Um, and that's just the majority of the news here. Not, nothing else really going on here. Um, you know, T.J. Warren got shifted back to the bench, played very uh, you know badly overall. But uh, you're, you're going to get a good level of inconsistency between uh, T.J. Warren and, and Devin Booker. John Luer started but only played 15 minutes. So that um, thing is just a mess right now between him and uh, Toledovich you know uh, overall so um, let me ask you this rest of the season tj warren or devin booker tough to call right yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna say booker only because bledsoe's out and i i feel like he has a clearer path to play but Mm -hmm. i feel like warren has better fantasy upside because he can do more when he's out there on the floor Mm -hmm. so that's why i kind of I kind of paused there for a second because, I mean, it's, like you said, it's pretty tough call. I don't really love the prospects for either one of them, though, with everything that's going on. Like, I, I, neither one of them is a guy I'm rushing to, to get out there and put on my team. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go with uh, with Booker over Warren, but I'm not happy about it. All right. Um, I'm going to agree with you there as well. You'd probably have to just go with the guy that you know is built into the starting lineup. And, you know, TJ Warren, to me, should be a, a fairly effective three, but – uh, you know, like we said, we can never tell what's going to really going to happen. All we know right now is Booker's getting should be is in line for more minutes. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the news here. Let's go ahead and dive into the box scores for Sunday's action, Benny. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off here uh, with the first game that I have on tap, and that is going to be the Chicago Bulls with a crazy finish to this game. Did you catch this um, Jimmy Butler second half performance um, that uh, just was looked like you know one for the uh, the Chicago ages? Uh, I guess yeah. I'll say. I was actually watching football mostly, but I have two TVs, and this game was on the other one. I saw the step back in the corner, pump fake 3.1 towards the end of the game there, uh-huh. um, but I didn't actually see the last play. I was, I guess I was concentrating on the football game at that time. Was it something like, you know, I mean, I know he had a big game. I know he put up like 40 points or something like that, but did he do something spectacular at the end? I think, I don't know if this was the final play or not, because I was watching highlights but without sound. Um but uh, Jimmy, they threw an oop to Jimmy Butler, and I don't know if that was – I think this was to end the game. Uh, yeah, throw, throw it to Jimmy Butler at the bucket. 
from the sideline out of bounds, and he, um, like, doesn't dunk it in, but, like, places it in with his fingertips over Paul George at the rim. So it was almost like he dunked on Paul George from behind to win the game or something like that. I don't know if that was the actual game winner, like I said, because... Oh, that that was the, the Friday game. Or the Saturday game. Oh, was that Saturday? Yeah, they played Toronto last oh, night. Oh, you know Toronto what? Game. You're right. You're right. Okay, so that was yeah. that was a tough. No, I did. I did. I was gonna say I did see that play though. That was. Not, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we talked about this before last year when Derrick Rose was out. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler was a legitimate MVP candidate. That's not hyperbole. That's not overstating it. I mean, he was awesome at the beginning of last year when when Derrick Rose was out. So we're in the same situation now. You got Derrick Rose out with the hamstring. You know, Jimmy Butler's been putting up numbers. I mean, it's not rocket science. You look back at what you saw when they were in this situation last year. When Rose is out, Jimmy Butler steps up, and it looks like he's doing it again. I mean, you know, just looking at this game, 38 minutes, you know, 42 fantasy points, which, again, is a little more than we usually expect out of him. It's not like I expect 40 points a game, but, you know, he's going to he's gonna be looking for a shot more. Took 23 shots in this game. Um, you know, he still gets you the assists, still gets you the rebounds. We know he's one of the best defensive players in the league, and that's not just getting steals and blocks, which we like for fantasy, but also, you know, shutting down the guy who he's guarding on the other side, which is something that we need to know for fantasy as well. So we make sure to, you know, shy away from those guys that are, you know, that are going to be matched up with them in the game. So, you know, I mean, I think the thing that I take away here from most, I mean, you look at this game for the Bulls, nine points, you got 17 out of Miritich, 19 out of Gasol, um, you know, and nobody else really did much of anything. Four points, six points, nine points, eight points. And then you had Jimmy Butler with his 42. So, like I said, the big takeaway in this game for me is as long as Derrick Rose is out, you know, Jimmy Butler is almost somebody that, you know, is going to be putting up MVP-like top 10 fantasy numbers for the rest of the way as long as Derrick Rose is out of the lineup. Yeah, I totally agree agree with you there as well so somebody else that we need we definitely need to keep tabs on and let's talk about the box score in this game here overall for the toronto raptors uh taj gibson uh gets to start plays 20 uh 29 minutes nine points and five rebounds nothing terribly exciting um heritage had a nice game but I mean, we've seen some inconsistent performances from, from him overall pagasol double doubles with six assists and four blocks with that so that was a must performance and kirk heinrich in over in the starting lineup over aaron brooks but aaron brooks plays more minutes how do you uh, feel about that situation shaking out? I mean, I like Brooks more than I like Heinrich, but if they're going to be splitting the game, which is I was hoping that Brooks was going to get a bigger share of it. Mm-hmm. If they're going to be splitting the game, which is kind of what we've seen, I mean, I don't really think either one of them belong on your fantasy radar. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there as well. Demario Carroll, as we talked about, playing tentative, only played 23 minutes, so there, it looks like they know that he's not fully 100%. 10 points and three rebounds was efficient, but just not the not the sort of lines that you've been looking from him overall. Mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle Lowry and, and DeRozan uh, do what they normally do, 22 and 24 points, 10 assists for Lowry, so that's a nice double-double. Uh, and Jonas Valentin is you know, another guy that's – uh, you know, it's a little bit frustrating. You know, he is sort of just coming back off injury within the last week or two here. But just eight points, nine rebounds, and three blocks in 23 minutes. You definitely like the production per minute, but you'd like them to play more minutes, uh, you know, uh, than 23 in your starting lineup to, to, to make him a little bit more useful. But should should be ramping up here um, as we go. So, um, yeah, not too much to sort of learn overall from that box score. So um, we'll 
just leave it on pause there and uh, see how we get what will happen in terms of minutes at the point guard position here and um, in terms of what they do at the center position. But Bismack Biombo, not a guy that you can really be invested in, uh, I believe, overall is one of the things that you sort of need to take away from that situation. Mm-hmm. Atlanta and New York, there was a Aaron Aflalo sighting here, and he's actually popped up with some some recently uh, good production overall, surprisingly. Scores 38. I don't know if you know um, Aaron Aflalo is going to score 38 again in his career. But he was absolutely on fire, 14 to 17, 7 and 8 from, from 3, and does what Aaron Aflalo does, basically nothing else from, from the field, two rebounds, two assists, and one block. So, um, you know, 38 fantasy points, 38 points, and could, for, as, as far as we know, 40 fantasy points <laughs> or something like that in DFS. But, um, yeah, uh, however, you will take it. Let, uh, let's talk about what, you, what we can derive from this box score for Sunday between the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. Ah, Jesus. I mean, moving forward, like, if you're asking me if I want to follow on my team, to me, the answer's still no. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's going to be putting up, like you said, this is probably the most points he's going to score, and I don't think we're going to see a lot of games that he has where he gets anywhere near this again. Um, so to me, I mean, that's basically, you know, that's basically it. I mean, Aaron Aflalo, you know, all right, he had 38 points here. Like, do we think he's going to be getting 20 going forward? I mean, like you said, he does nothing else. So unless he's going to score big points for you, I don't see why you would want him on your fantasy team. Yeah, I, I agree with you there as well. So that's just a, a weird situation overall. Um, one thing I will note there is Shelvin Mack plays 26 minutes, actually plays more minutes than Jeff Teague. But, you know, this is a game that was out of hand in the fourth quarter, by the way. So, um, you know, the, the Knicks were end up, end up winning the game by 14, and they, they were sort of cruising there in the fourth quarter a little bit. So could have just been Sheldon Mack getting some extra garbage run. The other mm-hmm. thing to note here is uh, Dennis Schroeder, second straight DMP CD. So he is firmly in the doghouse uh, with uh, Mike Budenholzer and, you know, not worth anything. Bench, bench stash at best. Drop drop him if you need to because uh, he's giving you nothing right now. On the other side of the ball here, Jaron Grant plays 23 minutes. was so fairly effective. Shot four of ten, seven assists, um, and two steals, which is nice for deeper leagues in your bench. Does actually play more minutes than Jose Calderon uh, as well. So, I mean, we've been talking about how uh, we like Jaron Grant as, you know, for uh, – you know, as a rookie with upside or, you know, um, a, a better long-term option over than Jose Calderon. But Jose Calderon's the one getting paid uh, there overall. And it's just a probably a situation that where you're going to struggle overall here as well because, you know, taking a look at the minutes game logs, Calderon plays 20, then 34, then 33, then 21, then 24, then 34, then 17, then 22, 24, 24, 24. It's just really an absolute crapshoot as to, you know, how many minutes you're really going to get out of Jose Calderon, and they've really turned it into, like, a little bit of a, you know, timeshare uh, overall. And, you know, in some of these game logs, too, I mean, Jaren Grant isn't even the the actual first guy off the bench, you know, in, in, in relief of Jose Calderon. So you can't directly just look at that and say, all right, um, you know, before this we had uh, uh, Vujicic, Langston Galloway, and um, Lance Thomas all getting uh, minutes up until recently. So... Uh, if you own Jose Calderon, you're frustrated, and you don't have a great like a replacement that you can sort of trust um, in in that situation there. So that's the only thing that we can learn from there. Kristaps Porzingis comes um, back with another solid game, but you know 
not the Porzing God that we had been getting out of him. 14.7 rebounds, does hit two trays. And, you know, Carmelo Anthony shot 4 of 10, but nobody cares because, you know, Aaron Aflalo was on fire, and that's the only thing you really need to know. Robin Lopez, too, with a cameo, weird, freakish, 24 minutes and 16-11. It's like, I don't understand how they, you know, this guy's nothing but efficient and productive whenever he plays for the most part, but they still decide that, you know, they, you know, they have to play. Golden State Warriors small ball four, even if it forces a you know worse player um, into the lineup. So uh, we'll see how that ends up uh, shaking out going forward. Not too much else to learn from that box score. So we'll move on from to the uh, Miami at Washington. The Wizards get smacked pretty hard in this game. It was over uh, right as the fourth quarter started. Basically here, uh, you know they scored the same number of points in the fourth quarter, but it didn't matter because uh, Washington Wizards put up a seven point second quarter and then just never recovered from that. They win ninety seven seventy five. Your thoughts on uh, this box score for Fancy Impact? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to take too much away from it because it was an absolutely horrible game for Washington. I mean, I don't think anybody on Washington played well. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot of guys who played, you know, less minutes than they normally do. I mean, Gortat gave you really nothing. You know, Garrett Temple actually stayed in the whole game because they're all banged up. Otto Porter, who's been pretty good lately, gave you nothing. I mean, I still like Porter. I still like Wall. You know, Dudley's still getting a ton of minutes, even though he's not giving you any production for it. I still like Gortat. Those are the three guys on Washington that, you know, I'd still be rolling out there. You know, again, you got to give them a little bit of a, you know, you got to give them a little bit of leeway. Miami is a good defensive team. So, you know, I know we didn't expect them to be this bad. But, you know, again, you have a horrible quarter like that, and it's tough to recover. And then, you know, the fourth quarter, you had the bench playing a little bit. So I can understand why the production was down. Um, for Miami, I mean, you know, Whiteside has been a beast with the rebounding and the block shots. You know, he, he played a few more minutes here. He still doesn't score much. He doesn't have much of an offensive game. But for block shots and rebounds, he can definitely help you in those categories. Uh, Goran Dragic has actually been playing a little bit better lately. He's had a couple pretty decent games. So he's somebody that, you know, I've actually seen on the waiver wire in some 10-man leagues that I've been in. He's somebody that I, I'm really considering and taking a look at, and I've actually picked him up in one or two places where I saw him over there. Uh, Lou Aldang does nothing really for me. Bosch and Wade are, you know, solid options. If you have them on your team, you're probably playing them every day. You know, other than that, there's not much that I see. I noticed that Tyler Johnson has been getting a lot more minutes lately. Um, so I actually like him a little more than I like Justice Winslow for fantasy at this point in uh, deeper leagues. I think he just does a few more things fantasy-wise. Um, I think Winslow's a better real-life player, much better defensive player, would would be a guy who I'd rather have if I was building a team. But for this year, for fantasy, for right now, I think I prefer Tyler Johnson over Winslow. Yeah, yeah, I can see that there as well. Tyler Johnson is the second-year guy. Winslow's still getting his feet wet in the league, but, you know, should be the more valuable player overall. But we're expecting him to get, you know, take over a starting job for Luol Dang eventually, whenever that happens. So uh, something else to keep in mind. Uh, Gerald Green still, you know, doing Vinnie Johnson type things here. Six of 12, you know, 15 and, and four with two assists. So uh, you like that for scoring purposes there as well. And Otto Porter, by the way, still a guy that you can absolutely target, you know, on the opposite end uh, for, you know, daily streams and DFS. Uh, he goes three of seven, six, six rebounds, six assists. And you talk, you see what happened here. Little Dang shoots four or five, you know, uh, ju- you know, Gerald Green shoots six to 12. Justice Winslow will throw his game out, even though he's another three um, that, you know, you so- sort of, you know, should, should have took a look at here. So, um, you know, people can definitely make some hay and score on him. Not, not a ton of volume in this spot, but, you know, continues to be a guy that's 
among the worst defensively uh, at the, at the uh, small forward position. All right, we are going to move forward to the Portland at Denver. De- Portland continues to just roll. It's almost like they're better without Damian Lillard, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, CJ McCollum gets it done once again here. Um, Noah Vonla, out of nowhere, they double his minutes. <laughs> it's getting a little crazy here. They just decide not to make him a name, a starter, a name only here uh, overall. Benny, your thoughts on the box score results from this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I like CJ McCollum. He's definitely obviously somebody that you want on your team his production is going to be this high as long as uh, Lillard stays out so to me he's the one guy on Portland that I definitely want to have um, Mason Plumley, Myers Leonard have basically been splitting games lately which kills the value for both of them in my opinion I don't want either one of these guys on my team right now I think ultimately Myers Leonard gets back to playing the predominant amount of minutes but until he does, see, that's the other thing that I hate about Noah Vonla being in there because they could play Leonard and Plumley together sometimes. But because Vonley's getting the minutes too, you know, each one of them is getting like 25 minutes. And then, you know, there's a couple other minutes that are going to like an Ed Davis or a Mo Harkless. You know, you got four big guys over there in Portland, and Davis actually came off the bench and played the most at 26. And then you had Vonley, Vonle, however you say it, at 25, Plumley at 21. Leonard at 22. If they're all playing 20 minutes, none of them are viable options to me. Um, Aminu is another guy who seems to be losing time to Mo Harkless lately. Harkless has actually been playing well, so I think that kind of takes Aminu out of the situation for me. And then guys like Alan Crabb and Tim Frazier, Gerald Henderson, they're just kind of filling in for minutes. So to me, other than CJ McCollum, there's not much I'm really looking at here. All right. Um, but yeah, for me overall, um, I'm I'm keeping tabs on Novanla, but I'm you know you just not enough of a minutes uptick or production for you to, for you to get best in just yet. Still to, still continue to hate on Myers Leonard, so you're sort of stuck in that situation with, you know, you don't want to drop him, but he's not uh, like a great playable option. And then on the Denver side, uh, there overall, I'm willing to throw out the Will Barton game. He's still a monster to me, and I'm not wor- too worried about one you know one game where he went two of ten and uh, you know. Um, uh, well, the other the other thing too for people looking at that box score, remember Barton's been playing like forty minutes and so, and mm-hmm. he played. I think he played fifty minutes like Saturday or Friday when they went into overtime. Right. So he got a little bit of a rest here. Like I know Gallinari's back, and that's probably going to affect Barton's minutes a little bit. Yeah. But I still think that Barton is going to wind up getting more than twenty five minutes. I think this was just kind of the game where they let him take it easy, and he also didn't really have a good game, so it was easier to do. Mm-hmm. But I think when this all shakes out, you're going to have, like, Gary Harris playing, like, 20 minutes. You're going to have Barton getting, like, 30, Gallo getting, like, 35. And that's going to be, like, the three guys who play the predominant amount of minutes on the wing for Denver. So I don't think you're going to keep seeing 40 minutes out of Barton, but I still think you're going to see 30. I still think he's a viable option, although I think selling high on him right now is not the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah. Um. You know, and Gary Harris to me is not really a guy. Like, I feel like Gary Harris is just getting more minutes than he should. Like, if if anybody's going to lose minutes in this rotation, to me, Gary Harris is probably the guy. Like, him and Foyer are probably the guy that I would pull those minutes from to give a few more to to Gallinari and, and, and Barton on the wing, even if I have to play the two of them together. 
yeah, I, I totally agree with you there as well. So, um, yeah, that wraps up for the majority of the part here. I'm not too concerned about, you know, Galinar and Fareed balling it up. It, it is worth mentioning that Kenneth Fareed came back to action after that sort of scary neck injury and played, you know, 27 and a half minutes. So it looks like he should be good to go going forward. Last game on the slate here for Sunday, uh, Phoenix uh, Suns, to me, they're cha- they're going to challenge the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers for, like, number of wins the rest of the way. This team is so bad. So, mm-hmm. so bad uh, overall. And they have no clue what's going on, uh, you know, with their rotation, with uh, with offense, with, you know, playing their best players, best men. They don't even know who the best five on their team is, to be honest with you there. And it just showed here uh, in this matchup, Lakers win by 20, which should almost never happen against anybody. But it does against a bad Philadelphia, sorry, bad Phoenix Suns team, which is, like I said, probably potentially worse than Philadelphia right now. Uh, they're overall 97 to 77. Um, PG Tucker has been a guy who's actually been pretty useful, but had a quiet game, just two of seven. Uh, he needs to be more aggressive. Did play the second most minutes among the starters, but didn't get the shots uh, because Brandon Knight ball hogged it up and he shot 10 of 25. Um, and, you know, we talked about Alex Len playing 26 minutes there, which is sort of crazy to me uh, because, you know, Tyson Chandler is a guy who definitely deserves minutes. If you're going to, if you want to play them together or decide that Alex Len starts, then I, I'm good with all those things. But, you know, then they also marginalized, uh, you know, John Lure, as we mentioned here, with just 15 minutes in the starting lineup, where Tulevich played 23, but also shot 6 of 14. So, you know, they really don't know what they're going, what's going on. We talked about what's happening with Larry Nance Jr. and um, uh, Julius Randle in that match. I don't expect that to last, neither do you. And D'Angelo Russell plays 21 minutes. Still hasn't taken over Lou Williams. Lou Williams balled out of control. And we know that his job had sort of been talked about as getting switched back to the bench roll over um, DeAndre Russell. Not if he shoots like this. Not if he shoots for 30 with 11 of 17 and 6 and 7 from 3 with 7 rebounds and 4 assists. So, And people need to leave Jordan Clarkson alone. I've heard about Jordan Clarkson being moved removed out of the lineup from, uh, you know, over the Lakers for, for DeAndre Russell too. If that happens, Byron Schrott really has no idea what's going on because he's the best player on that team. I was just so, – we've, we've talked about it numerous times. Yeah. I think he's, he's the best – he looked like the best player on the floor for them the other night too i mean i know lou williams was you know obviously on fire so that always helps but on both ends of the floor clarkson looks like the best player they have on that team so yeah i mean you know the thing you got to look at here is kobe was out this game so whenever kobe's out lou williams gets more shots and more minutes you know when kobe's in it hurts clarkson williams and russell because there's only so many minutes that they can play all those guys. Right. You know, Ant- Anthony Brown getting 30 minutes here, I have no idea what that's all about. Like, if that's not tanking, I don't know what it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because you have guys on the bench who are, you know, A, guys you want to develop. Like we said, Julius Randle, 15 minutes, and he, and he puts up 12 rebounds in 15 minutes. And he's getting ripped in, like, in a game that they're up 20. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I, I mean, yeah, tell Barbara's got to pick a different game to rip the guy where you blew him out. You know what I mean? There, maybe your, your coaching criticism will, won't fall on deaf ears. You won't sound like an idiot. You know what I mean? When you just, you, you know, pick a point to rip your team. You know, when, yeah. when you only play a guy 15 minutes and he comes up with 12 rebounds for you. Tell me he wasn't working hard. You know, yeah, what I mean? you know like, what I mean? Like, yeah, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's horrendous. Like, you're just like to me, it's just like at this point, Byron Scott's just trying to come up with excuses for why he doesn't have to play Julius Randle because Julius Randle could actually help them win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what it feels like to me. The whole rant monkeyness is just crazy to me. He's like, guard your man. You know what I mean? Like, they're up 20 and he's talking about guard your man. I'm like. I don't get it, bro. I, but, you know. that, yeah, that should be going to the entire team. You've given up, you know what I mean? Like, you're losing by 20-something points. You're giving up 100 points to, you know, like, like yeah, just, I don't know. 
I mean, you're up to uh, whatever. Like I said, I, I don't understand it. To me, Julius Randle should be playing more than Anthony Brown and Larry Nance Jr. But I'm I'm not I'm not the coach, so okay. I don't we just know. we just work here. We don't work there. You know, that's I mean? it. So yeah, there. That's the best way we can probably explain it. All right, um, that's going to wrap it up for the box course here overall. Don't forget uh, that if you haven't joined the season-long action here um, at DraftKings.com, which, by the way, is happening every day, they are the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire. With daily fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging your roster. You can play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against the basketball against basketball fans from around the world. Word, um, excuse me, around the country. For big prizes. So go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. All right, Benny, um, before we head out of here, let's talk about our top rookie ranks for 2015. Now, um, do you, you want to give your own top five list? Do you want me to just uh, bring the top five that NBA.com has and we can discuss? How do you want to handle it? Um, well, I think that there are four guys that no matter whose list you look at, these four are going to be on it. And it was the top four picks in the draft. You know, people can argue over how they rank them. But for me, I have Towns 1, Porzingis 2, Okafor 3, D'Angelo Russell 4. Number 5 is definitely something that a lot of people can discuss because I have about 9 or 10 names that I wrote down on this list of guys that I was debating to put in that fifth spot. But to me, those four should be on everybody's top five list. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, the, the way I'm looking at this here is, you know, Carl Anthony Downs, Porzingis, Okafor. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, a little bit interesting as, as far as, you know, how the, 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 the list goes because there's, you know, four or five guys. Jokic has played well. Justice Winslow has played, uh, you know, uh, f- fairly decent. So, um, that's where the interesting the com- conversation becomes interesting to me. But you know, I, will you agree that outside of the top three, you don't see somebody else winning Rookie of the Year right now? Is, is that a fair assessment? You mean Towns, Okafor, Porzingis top yeah. three? Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, to me, I honestly, I would say the top two. Like to me, it's either I, I feel like Towns is head and shoulders the number one option. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not Towns, Porzingis had some big games, but then he dropped off. Mm-hmm. He would have to have a big end of the year, or Okafor would have to have a really big end of the year for either one of them to jump up there. But to me, those are the only three that are even in consideration at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody outside the top five. I mean, you look at, um, you know, Jokic, who's splitting minutes at the center, Deandre Russell, who's not starting, and the, you know, Frank the Tank, Stan Johnson, Holland, Je- Holland Jefferson. You know, uh, you know, need to come back healthy for him to be a factor. And then TJ McConnell, it's, you know, it's, it's getting like, you know, forced out of that rotation altogether um, as maybe the third point guard beside, behind Cannon and Nish Smith. So not a, not a real option overall. So to me, Towns is the guy and he's the guy who's, you know, with the most overall upside. And for a while to me, it was Jalil Okafor actually. And Towns actually hit a stretch where he was t- where, was struggling. And then people would have given it to like poor Zingod for a two week stretch there over everybody else the way the way he was playing so all three are still in the mix to me and I think it's still for a gameplay they're all going to have to stay healthy and you know expect everybody to hit their version of the rookie wall at some point some of them you could say they've in spots already have mm-hmm. so to me it's a little bit up in the air uh, overall but and I don't see anybody else really being a factor uh, bet- between the but I'm not really into to uh, anoint it to anyone because if you took a look at like a five game, five to seven game stretch for any one of these guys, and said this is your sample. 
you could have said, wow, I don't know how I don't give it to this guy for rookie of the year. So they've all had their taking their, you know, turns dominating um, uh, the position overall and um, and making their case for for rookie of the year. So it's way too early for us to really say, and I don't believe we're even at the halfway point of the season, but we're getting close. Um, And one of the biggest factors is probably going to be health. Mm -hmm. That is going to wrap it up for the uh, Rotowire Defense podcast. Still have to let you know before we go um, that we have the free 10-day trial going on um, over at uh, rotowire.com slash pod for all the podcast listeners. So we've got lineup optimizers for all you DFS players for MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college football, and soccer, up-to-minute depth charts, customizable league projections, and complete draft draft kits for NFL, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, NHL, online, and in magazine for more format. So go to rotowire.com slash pod. Take advantage of the uh, all those features on a free 10-day trial. Tell them Josh and Benny sent you. Um, thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It's available five days a week on iTunes and Stitcher for your download convenience. Don't forget to share and subscribe. You can check me out on Twitter at FS and check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.